So yesterday saw some friends and relatives and neighbors and had my oldest brother's birthday party at his place and he has a lot of fun things. Had a lot of people there, a lot of fun things, just interacting and of course I'm not getting any older. Ah ha ha, yeah. So I was actually I was looking down the table and I said, who is that guy? thinking, oh, that's my, one of my best friends in high school. Now we haven't seen each other for a couple years, but you know, things change. You know, you, he looks good. We converse. Time has a way of slipping by. Time is about, you know, everything is about time. Someone asked a a lady, I, I read this in our newsletter that we get from the district office and the ministerial department. And it was a hundred and something, 101 year old uh, godly woman. What is your advice to, uh, to us? You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. They were probably thinking, well, this is the secret to a long life. I, I believe if we can live a stress, less stressful life, we'll probably live longer. Well, at least it'll help. But I believe the Lord can help us de-stress. He says, come to me. You don't have to carry your burdens alone. He's invited you to come alongside of him. And all the things that you and I, ah, you don't worry, do you? You, don't, you never worry. Oh. We get occupied in our mind. And one of my other friends that was there, we were talking about this. We knew who we were talking about, but we couldn't remember their name. It was a, it was a neighbor. We put up hay bales for him. And I was thinking, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. You've, you've had this happen. You can't remember. You can see his face. Is that part of the aging thing or what? I think we get so occupied in our minds that we have less brain space. Anybody? You're not there yet. You guys are too young. But then the name came to me later. And I wanted to text him, but I only had a flip phone. And I was so, it was so, it's so much work. It's so much work. I can do it. But if you get a text message from me, you get something. It won't be long, I'll guarantee you that. But it, it, it took effort. Life is a way of, it sometimes can beat you up. Get you down a bit. If you're not worried about your own kids, you're worried about some other's kids. <laughs> or you're worried about the grandkids. No, you're not there yet. It just so happens there's a story in the Old Testament 
And if you haven't read Chronicles, it's okay. It's really kind of almost depressing at times. But there are some good things. First Kings, first, second Chronicles. How to deal with kings that came along that were pretty good, not very many. Some were kind of good, but then they dabbled with the other gods and they kind of they messed it up. And just so happens, the king we're going to look at, and I want you to pronounce his name, Jehoshaphat. 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 Is that right? Jehoshaphat. Great jumping Jehoshaphat. I can't even say it. There's a song out somehow. Great jumping Jehoshaphat. Have you heard it? Oh, nobody's heard it. You say that three times in a row and you, you get a star today. In grade school, we got smiley faces or sad faces? Ah! Once in a while, I get a sad face. You know what? Still reminds you today when you're going down, if you break the speed limit, in some places like you're going into Deerwood or Crosby, you get a sad face. Now I'm, I'm telling on myself. I don't, I don't get a very happy face oftentimes going in the cross. For some reason, I just can't. I don't, 30 miles an hour here? I get a sad face. Why am I saying that? I'm just warming up. I think we've got to, I, I think we've got to realize that life is not going to be perfect. Hello, oh, it is. Oh. Heaven is not yet. We live in a fallen world and we have an enemy that wants to destroy us if you let him. And so we're in a battle. I'm going to introduce Jehoshaphat from this verse. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father David's earlier days and did not seek the Baal. Baals were false gods, and they were bad. It was a bad deal. It brought devastation to the nation of Israel over and over and over and over again. It brought the nation down again and again and again. And God would find a remnant, and he had promised to save Israel for all eternity, he's going to save a remnant. He will keep his word. God will always keep his covenant. But this king was doing pretty well to start out with, although he, we're not going to deal with his boo-boos at the end of his life. I think he lost some reward, but I leave it in the hands of God. The reason Jehoshaphat was blessed was because he sought the Lord. He began to reestablish the word of the Lord in the country, in the land. He began to elevate the Lord his God and bring back into the system of how they were to worship and who they were to worship. Now we go to chapter 20. 
And there's some hard names. There's some enemies that are Moab, verse 1. The sons of Ammon. Some of the Menunites came to make war. In other words, these were leftover, leftovers from another time in history where Israel didn't quite clean up on the enemy before they were in the land. So they came back to haunt them, basically. Then Joseph, then some came and reported Jehoshaphat, verse 2, and saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of the Aram. Behold, they are in Hazazon and Tamar, that is in Gadir. That's just a place near Israel. What I want you to say, want, want you to get a hold of, is the first point, verse three. Josephat was afraid. Number one, the way the enemy works oftentimes is to get you to be afraid, get you to panic, get you upset, get you to start thinking, "What are we going to do?" Oh no. And we're going to see throughout this story what God spoke through the prophet into the gift of prophecy that began to direct their attention in the right place. And so often if we're afraid, we begin to look to other things other than God. It can happen. If we're afraid, we ought to look to God. Right? If you feel fear, that's not from God. God is not one to mess with us. God is not the author of confusion. He's God of peace. Now, he may stir you. He may get you aroused to what we're going to do, and he may speak to you often. To, that's the what we need to hear. What does God think about the whole ordeal? And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and I like how it says he turned his attention to seek the Lord. One other story, a couple maybe. Remember when you heard about David and Goliath in the Bible, and you know that whole story, how that Goliath was a giant of a man, nine foot some inches tall, and he was a Philistine, and he would come out and he would say, Who can, who's man enough to come and fight me? He's got these great big monstrous shield and spear and a javelin and helmet, and just David is a shepherd boy. At that time. But David had already been practicing with his sling. But David didn't put his trust in his sling. David put his trust in the Lord his God. And when Goliath would come forward and say, Who will fight me? David steps. And like Goliath is going, oh, what, what is this? Am I a dog that you come out here with sticks? No, it's just mocked him and taunted him. That's the enemy. That's the method of the enemy, Satan. They get you to be so afraid that you're, you're just stopped, you just freeze, you just Shaking. 
Well, the verse that I wrote down, and in part I will already mention some of the things. David came to him in the name of the Lord. Philistine said, I, David, come to me and I'll give you flesh to the birds of the sky. The latter part of the verse says, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of, of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. Friends, you and I have been given access to the name that is above every other name that the enemy has to bow down to. Good news. In the name of Jesus, when you feel afraid, my advice, encouragement, is to speak the name of Jesus. Jesus. Say Jesus. Say it over and over even. And you'll sense his presence. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, take over. Jesus, be near. In the name of Jesus, there's victory. When you feel frustrated, when you feel like there's this hopeless. Jesus. Several times I've cried out in my life when I've been in danger. Jesus. Quickly. He's, he's helpful. Several times. I know he's there. And the same Jesus that has walked on this earth and gave his life is in heaven again alive and well. And he wants you to cry unto him. Jehoshaphat was no match for the enemy. You and I are no match for the enemy. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and spiritual things, spiritual in the spirits in the heaven. There's a spiritual war. That's, what, that's kind of what we're getting at, the spiritual dynamic that we may not always see, but we may see the evidence. We may see some Things that are not right, weird, even. Second point, they were afraid. I want to, before we go to the second point, there's another really, really, I love the story of Nehemiah because Nehemiah was, first of all, he wasn't necessarily a, a minister, right? You know, he wasn't, a, he wasn't in the, priesthood. You know what his job was? He sipped the wine, so if the king got poisoned wine, he'd go down first. That was his job. A cupbearer to the king. But it was in the heart of Nehemiah because he saw his, his home city, Jerusalem, in ruins. And God began to speak into, put in Nehemiah's heart what what we call maybe a vision or a burden. And this whole process led up, they began the work, and just as soon as they began the work, it came about when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious, very angry, and mocked the Jews. Just exactly, just like similar things that Goliath taught him. Wow. And he went on to talk about even if a fox jumped on that wall, it would fall down. That's the enemy. 
bring you down, to get you to feel defeated. But Nehemiah went on, and Nehemiah, he encouraged the people to keep working. And later on in, in that story, they, they finished the wall. They brought it halfway, and they had to have a sword in one hand, and they worked with the other hand, so to speak. But there were people that were guarding as they worked, and the walls went up because the people had a mind to work. That's a powerful verse. The people had a mind to work. They had the, the mind of the Lord. They had been, been given a vision that come from heaven. They had been given an assignment that, be, that was a, became a part of them because they had turned and looked to the Lord. What happens when we, you and I turn to the Lord today? We, we start to do what is the first thing we ought to do. Turn to the Lord. Jesus said it's this way. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33, he talked about seek first his kingdom. He talked about how the, how the things of this earth are arrayed and God, God's keeping track of the birds. He knows the very hairs, the number of hairs on our head. He knows all about every circumstance right now. Nothing is a surprise to God. <laughs> Nothing is a surprise to God. And Jesus also mentioned there is enough trouble in one day that you should worry about tomorrow. <laughs> now, I know it's good. We need to plan. I think it's good to plan and have some time of direction. But, you know, at the same time as we plan, we say, Lord, have your way. And we know anything can happen. If it's going to happen, let, you know, give us the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom We were talking about this the other day. We just celebrated our 37th, 38th, 37th. Thank you, Carrie. 37 years marriage. And our first car was a Valari Plymouth that my father-in-law, Carrie's father, bought from Carrie's cousin Freshened it up and said, here you guys, here you go. I don't know what we were driving. Was I driving a truck? Probably. And so we took off to the west for our first vacation I ever really had. And uh, our wedding day was hot, June 21st. The church was hot, no air. And didn't matter, but... And after we had the reception, or, or just about before we done, a thunderstorm hit us. That's okay. We need the rain. And so we take off to the west. And I believe we were somewhere west of the, not to the border, but somewhere, Fergus Falls, past there. But just before where we were gonna, where we were gonna stay, we had booked the motel. We we're gonna stay, and all the thump, 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 about there. Okay, stuff happens. No, we didn't have cell phones. We just dug around. I don't know if we even had a flashlight. We might have had some moonlight. I don't know. I don't remember. We managed to get the tire on. 
we had it in our hearts to go to church somewhere. I don't know, don't ask me, that's just what we did. And this little church, little country church, I think it was an assembly, but I don't remember. Somehow we made the need, or we made known the need that we needed to find a tire. Where do we find a tire? Like we were thinking tomorrow, somewhere in town. Well, this farmer guy says, what size is a tire? What kind? Well, I think I might have one. So he fixed us up. It's a big thing. It's just like, okay, here's a tire. You don't need to charge us nothing. Life is, has its ups and downs. Jehoshaphat was doing really well, but there was an enemy that was coming. There was a massive amount of people. There was a bank that was clouding up, and I like to say it's banking up in the west. You're a concrete person. You, you watch for these signs. Weather affects concrete. Rain is an enemy. <laughs> so Jehoshaphat is like, I don't know what to do. And before we get to the third point, there's a story about David later when he was older, when he was a king and he was leading armies into battles and he was in a prime, so to speak, of his, of his leadership. And it just so happened that there was a time when the enemy came and stole away the children and the women of the army. <laughs> you know who they were mad at? David. I don't know how David did it, but this verse that I wrote down, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed. Now, just think about it. Your own people are against you now. You know what one of the hardest things to go through is when a family member is upset for some reason. You ever have conflict in family? It happens. What do you do? The only thing often you can do is keep your own spirit in check and try to do your best. But David was so stressed, but he knew what to do. The people spoke of stoning him. They were just enraged because their sons and their daughters. But the verse goes on to say, but David strengthened himself and the Lord is God. You know, this is a powerful verse. That men and women, people and families, ultimately it takes the Lord to build the house. Ultimately it takes the Lord in our heart and spirit to be able to be what we ought to be. <laughs> to love as we ought to. And so David knew the Lord. He knew the pathway. He knew how to get in a place where he would find strength. And that's the secret. That's where it's at today for your situation. No matter what's, what's coming, no matter what situation you're in, the Lord is capable of lifting you up and helping you and giving you a way out. 
And so the story is a powerful story. I'm going to kind of uh, jump now down a few verses. Verse 12 of the text, verse 14. Let me read a little bit. Let's go to Second Chronicles 20, verse 12, down about to verse 14. Here's a prayer. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? We are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. That's a good one. That's, that's just telling, telling it straight out. I don't know what to do, God. But our eyes are on thee. I don't know what to do, but my eyes on you. And all Judah was standing. So the third point is they were assembled. They had their wives, their children. This was church, so to speak. They were seeking the Lord. They were in terror. Then in verse 14, in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah. I don't, you know, just these are names that are connected. All the way down to the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Asaph has to do with the choir in the, in the church. Asaph has to do with the person who put together the music and the psalms. And here's what God is saying to the people through the Spirit of the Lord that came upon one person. And he said, verse 15, Listen, all Judah, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear, number one, don't be afraid, or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The whole, wait a minute. Something just happened here because all of a sudden the shift from we doing the battle, we doing the fight is not mine. Now I believe there are times we are going to fight. But this battle, God was saying, I've got you. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come by the ascent of Ziz. He gives them the whole layout. Verse 17, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourself, and it's the hardest thing to do when you want to fight, and you've got to stay, stand. Stay, stay cool. And the hardest thing to do is when you want to let it rip. and Just keep you cool, keep calm, stay, 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 in, stay in control with the help of the Lord. What is God saying there? And the instruction came, and I want to just kind of skip it down now. Skip it down to verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord. He appointed the choir, so to speak. He took the praise band and he put them in front of the whole army and they just started lifting up the name of Jesus. 
Friends, there's a secret in the battle. And this very thing is to begin to praise the Lord. Begin to thank Him, begin to glorify Him, begin to exalt the name of Jesus because we are no match for the enemy. And we know that. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a, that's a solid promise from the gospel. When you feel afraid, when you feel, I don't know what to do, we are going to look to the Lord. And here's one of the things that helps us look to the Lord. Hebrews 10, verse 24, has to do with assembling yourselves together. God has called us to assemble together. God's method of encouraging us and to lifting up our praise together as, a, as one voice is through his church, through his believers that assemble together. And it only takes two or three. Isn't that awesome? Two or three gathered in his name, and you can pray down heaven. You can believe that God is in your midst because he's promised. I want to read that verse. That's Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let us consider how to stimulate. That word is different in other translations. Some, some translations say provoke. In other words, encourage. Something about speaking vision and words, speaking into people's lives that will help them to step out. Encourage one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That word encouragement is so, so powerful. How many like to be encouraged? Well, yeah. I remember a man in my church I grew up with. He was a dear man of God. His name was Glenn, and he would speak to the men. And at, at the time, we had fellowship. Remember Glenn Galt? He was the first one always to testimony, testify. If we had testimony service, he would always say, "God is good." That was his opening state. God is good, and you just couldn't wait for what he had to say. He was there when I accepted Jesus. He was a part of the church. He was a pillar in that church where I grew up. And as he got older, he led, he led the men's. I still hear him, see him today. Tears streaming down his face saying, fellas, if we could just encourage one person, encourage someone else in their faith, then we've done something. How do we, get, how do we encourage? Assembly. Your presence is important. Your presence is not unnoticed. It just, you know, even at my brother's, there was a lot of people there. I'm sure Kermit could, he couldn't talk to everyone, but their presence meant something. He remembered he, they, were, they were there. Same thing that happens at, you know, funerals and special occasions. The church needs 
to have a, a, an idea, the reason we gather, number one, to lift up the name of Jesus. Something happens when the people of God begin to praise God. It unleashes His presence more and more. You feel something is happening. You feel that you're a part of something that's beyond yourself. And often, the encouragement goes on after you leave the building. And the encouragement continues because relationships are formed. And in the marketplaces of life, there's such a a need for somehow to speak encouragement into a young person especially, and even an older person that may be struggling with just, just getting themselves to the workplace and feeling appreciated. That's huge. That's huge. Encourage one another on in the faith. Encourage happened... This was such a powerful setting and a situation. God was in the move. God had it all orchestrated. God dealt with the enemy. And you read this story. The enemy just turned and turned in confusion and basically destroyed one another. You know, one of the prayers I've learned to pray is this, Lord, confuse the enemy. <laughs> Begin to tear down all his devices. We pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name, we take authority. Fear is not from you, God. Fear is from the enemy. You are the author of peace. And so... I said it earlier, oftentimes in relationships, sometimes you can't really do anything necessarily than just keep control of you. And let God, the battle belongs to Him. Let God show you what to do. And maybe it'll be a short word, maybe it'll be just a listening, maybe it'll be something. Maybe it'll be someone else. However you choose. I don't know about you, but I believe that God, and I believe you believe this too, that God, God is, is working by His Spirit. God has to sometimes work, work things out over here before He can work things out over here. He, he, just, he just knows what it takes. He, he is aware of what's going on. He, and Paul said something like, we're not ignorant of, of Satan's schemes, and he had experience with the opposition. And Paul himself knew how to wait on God. Would you be encouraged today to seek the Lord? Whatever situation, would you be encouraged today if someone else is saying, you know what, we'll pray that. We'll pray together. We'll pray about that. We'll believe God. You don't have to always let everyone know what you're going through. It's just sometimes it's just someone else praying and just believing God that you're, you're going you're gonna to have God's blessing. You're gonna, God's going to open the door. God's going to work things out. And so 
Would we be willing to stand in this place? Would you like to? If you have a need in your heart and life, would you, just between you and God, would you just lift a hand and lift it in some way just as Lord? Here I am. Here I am, Lord. You see what's going on in our, my circumstance. You see what's going on in the spiritual realm. You see what's going on in the family. You see what's going on in the workplace. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus. You will silence the enemy from all his taunting, harassing. And we come into your presence with faith, believing. Take care of the enemy, Lord. Confuse the enemy. Thwart his plans. That means to confuse, get him to turn on his own. So that we might walk in the, in the freedom and the victory in Jesus' name. We also pray as Paul talked about in Ephesians. Put on the full armor of God. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. May we have your armor. And help us now to walk with that. Using the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Taking in line every, every thought is called a scribe in the church of Corinth. In Jesus' name.